Kelsey. This is Andy. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, the podcast on which we watch very special episodes of classic television to see what they have to teach us today. Today, we are watching The Bicycle Man Part 2, episode of Different Strokes. This is Season 5, Episode 16. We have different dates because I have that they both aired on January 1st, 1983, but you said the last one aired on February something, 1983. I'm going with... The whatever IMDb says. Okay. But more importantly than any of that, Chelsea, I think that's the first time I've ever gotten that introduction right on the Hooray. first try. Yeah. Just in time. <laughs> just just under the wire. Finally a flawless nice. introduction. It's always at least two, maybe three. Took you 101 I, episodes, but you finally did truly it. Truly did. Thanks, everybody, for supporting me. By <laughs> which I mean... By just Miles, giving you a hundred chances. Um, <laughs> hey, that's a guarantee. If you give me a hundred chances, I, I get might it. get there by the end. So you can watch this on Amazon Prime or Hulu if you have the stars add on. I'm guessing you can just watch it on stars. Right. So uh, we did but- the first half of this episode last uh, last episode of Hugging and Learning. And if you mm-hmm. haven't listened to that, you should not start here. You should go no. back and listen to the previous episode. Um, You'll be both confused and scandalized if you start here. Uh, oh, and also this was written by Blake Hunter. So yes. I have a snack today. Okay. These are Archer Farms maple walnut shortbread cookies with caramel flavored drizzle. These are from Target. Archer Farms is Fuck. one of the Target brands. I yeah, love yeah. maple anything. I also love shortbread. They look like this. Oh. They're little shortbread cookies and they smell like maple oh. syrup. Now that I've opened this box, it smells strongly of maple syrup in here. So, uh, yeah, let's see what we got. Do it. LA, on a Saturday night in the summer Sundown and they all come out delicious I'm not okay gonna, i'm not gonna eat one right now i've eaten them before i was i couldn't i couldn't find a snack <laughs> i thought you were i thought i was trying to vamp while you ate i was like all right so and i was just giving miles a break to put the snack mix in there you go um yeah these are delicious they're very um shortbready they're not as like some shortbread mass-produced shortbread cookies taste super buttery these aren't mm. aren't that buttery um and they aren't overly sweet i think they're kind of perfect these were we allowed to have parties are the kind of thing that I would put out at a party. Sure. Remember parties? Remember parties? I miss them. I don't think we'll ever see Denise Richards ever again. <laughs> see how often it works? <laughs> oh, it's just great. It's so, like, it's like own... when you have a sweater in your closet and it's like bright yellow and it doesn't match anything, which means you could wear it with everything. It never goes, so that means it always goes. Yeah, Denise Richards, always irrelevant, therefore, therefore always relevant. Always relevant. Oh, yeah. wow. You've done it. You've, it's like an odometer that loops back around to zero. <laughs> That's you, Denise Richards. Thank you for listening to our podcast, which I assume you did. Well, yeah, clearly. Um, so back into it. We get another intro slash trigger warning from Codred Bane. So we'll give you the same. Did you same. call Cobweb, Cobweb Banes? <laughs> no, no, but that's an excellent, <laughs> excellent Freudian slip. Come. God, fucking, if different strokes became like different strokes meets Tales from the Crypt, it'd be like, hello, I'm Cobweb Banes. <laughs> God. Um, so this episode does deal with um, child predators, grooming, sexual abuse, child sexual abuse. Um, and we're going to be talking about the episodes. So we're going to be talking about those things. So if that is something um, that you need to be made aware of, then we are making you aware of it now. Yeah. And to give you time to adjust or turn this off or whatever, let me ask you something, Chelsea. Um, there was a uh, uh, there's a shot last episode that, that made me write down the note. Um I don't remember what shot it is. Is Conrad Cobweb Baines mm-hmm. 
Is he an attractive gentleman? Or will women go to no lengths to sexualize everything? I feel like this is an unwinnable proposition that you've put before it's me. It's not. Just forget the second part. Is Do you, do you feel as though... Because I can look back at, like, you know, some series, and even if the fashion or, or specific style doesn't match up, I'm like, ah, I bet people thought that that person was very attractive, sure. you know, for being a... I don't know. He's things. in great shape. I did note that when at the beginning when oh, he's in you? his little track suit. Um, um, I was like, oh, Mr. for Drummond a is not... person who's well, probably sorry. 70, he seems to be very fit and keeping himself uh, active. <laughs> so uh, we get a last time on Different Strokes recap in the tone of like a junior high school health film, complete with yeah. stills of the last episode of like, Mr. Horton did this, Dudley and Arnold did this. Um, so we're dropped right back into the moment of Mr. Horton taking pictures of shirtless Dudley as Tarzan and Arnold ragging on his friend nonstop. Like no time has passed since the end of the last yeah. episode. We jump right back into that moment. And Mr. Horton says that what Tarzan needs now is a lion to wrestle and volunteers himself to play the lion and gives Arnold the camera to take pictures. So he gets on the ground and starts to sort of wrestle around with shirtless deadly while Arnold take pictures. And then we he gives them more one wine. We get another one of these jokes where he's like, sorry, I don't have a tail for you to grab onto. And Arnold says, well, just wag your behind. It's like, yep. what are we doing? What are we doing? You could have audience done anything. Nuts. Yeah, audience could have. Yeah, you could have been like he could. Arnold could have been like, "Well, for a lion, you sure don't have a lot of hair." Or I've never seen a tubby lion like that. Fucking body shaming. Yes, Chelsea. That's where I'd rather be than these <laughs> inappropriate jokes. I'm champion. I'm championing. You're championing body a shaming. fat joke, so we can get a, out of this disgusting murky water that and we're swimming we in. Just get back to fat jokes. <laughs> My God. So Mr. Horton uh, plies the boys with more wine. Arnold tries to resist, but Dudley says he's a chicken. So Arnold takes one more sip and then says he's done. Um, and Mr. Horton puts his arm around him and tries to convince him to play along and says, you know, I won't give you too much wine. And also I have gum and breath mints. So your parents won't smell it on your breath. Yeah. Um, and Again, then it would be just as bad for me if they found out that you exactly. were drunk. You'd get me in trouble. And then his next idea is to play trampoline, by which he means bounce on the bed. Uh, the boys love this. They love bouncing on the bed. And Mr. Horton says that they can call him Curly, which Cur is his nickname. So it seems like all is lost. Like there is yeah. no there is no escape from this. And then uh, Deus Ex Cobweb rings the uh, <laughs> shop doorbell. Um, cobweb from the machine? Or God from the cobweb? <laughs> uh, the shop doorbell rings. And Arnold says, you must have a customer. And Mr. Horton peeps throughout his, through his like little spy box, spy hole. It's like, it's a psycho hole. It's a psycho hole. It's a psycho hole. And then dad Philip is in the shop. So he gets kind of flustered momentarily and he tells the boys to be quiet and keep it down, which is so creepy. Yeah. And then he goes out into the shop to deal with dad Philip. So duplicitous too. Like not a, he's, cons this is the only time you see him vaguely concerned. Yeah. And he, he gets rid of that, that. He's this dude's a sociopath. Uh, if I may, in the grand tradition of this podcast, just call people crazy yeah, when I armchair don't diagnoses. like them. That's right. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to be all right with this one, though. I don't think anybody's going to, you know, defend Mr. Horton to me. Hey, he's just misunderstood. He's only a pedophile. He's not also a sociopath. Hey, that's curly to you, <laughs> says our most misguided listener ever. So, yeah, Dad Phillips uh, Cobweb, his name's Cobweb now, <laughs> Cobweb Baines is there to uh, buy a, buy the bike now. He's like, I'm going to just uh, buy the bike now. And it's like, cool. Yeah, I'm going to settle up with you about this. Sure. Um, and Arnold and Dudley uh, stop bouncing on the bed for a second, long enough for Arnold to use the psycho hole and see that uh, Cobweb Baines is right outside, um, ready to snare any number of flies or small insects in his person <laughs> well it's dad philip uh gives the boys time to escape without knowing it because mr horton is trying to get him to wrap up the transaction shoo him out of the shop and dad philip is yeah. like i remember my first bike i had a paper route the chauffeur drove me around and i threw the and he's just going on and on and Mr. Horton keeps looking at the door, and luckily the apartment has a back door because as soon as Arnold of it does. sees, of it does. as soon you gotta, as you gotta, but it probably also has like a weird tunnel system underneath it. This guy's fucking 
Yeah, yeah don't lift the rugs. Criminal mastermind. Yeah. So Dad Philip is telling all these stories, and Arnold is like, we got to get out of here. So they grab all their stuff, and Dudley puts a shirt back on, and they, they realize they're in deep shit. They run. Um, he says, oh, no, it's my dad and me smelling like a blue nun. Again, this is a joke written by a 60-year-old 100%. writer. Um, I, had to, I had to look it up just to be on the – I was pretty sure I got it, but, yeah, it's a, a type of uh, wine. It's one of my dad's yeah. favorite types, and they don't they don't make it anymore. Is it? Yeah. Oh, but now your sister is a blue is a blue nun. It's yeah, true. So that's, um, you know. so it, it's all fine. So God closes one door, he opens up a new bottle. Um, he opens up a new bottle. <laughs> what a sad God that would be. Uh, his door's closed. Time to drink. Yep. So Dad Philip finally leaves, and Horton locks the front door. But when he returns to the appoint- his apartment, the boys are gone. Um, so Arnold sneaks back into the penthouse, chewing a wad of gum as big as a golf ball. It's taking up his entire mouth to try to get rid of his wine breath from his two sips of wine. But mm. it's no good. Kimberly and Willis catch him, and they smell the booze on his breath. And he says, it's only wine. And that actually <sighs> kind of did make me laugh, because I don't think it's even a joke line. But he's 11 years old, and he's like, it's only wine. Right. And they are rightly incensed. Um, and Arnold lies and says that Dudley's dad let them have a few sips of wine for a special occasion. It's worth noting that this is where the audience goes craziest for a joke, where Arnold says, it's not like I'm going to uh, end up in the gutter with a five o'clock shadow and a red nose, and everybody just, the audience has a bit of a clap break about it. They're just like, that's amazing. It's the second wino joke of this series, too, because in the very first scene, um, Willis, when they return the bikes, is like, oh, I love biking through Central Path, Central Park, down the paths and across the bridges and over the winos. Yeah. Yeah. An insensitive fucking time it yeah. was. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody so down on their luck that you did lie on a sidewalk? Hilarious. I can't because I rented this bike and I can't because I don't have room in my penthouse for one. Um, I can't wait to go home and admire my stairway statues. <laughs> my stairway statues. The teens are like, oh, man, you're going to be in big trouble. But Arnold swears on his E.T. alarm clock that he's done with wine forever or until I get to France. And the older kids buy this malarkey and say that they won't tell Dad Philip about this, which nonsense. is nonsense. You I have, have two younger siblings. Yeah, this I been didn't gold. hesitate. <laughs> gold! You don't understand if you're from a non-sibling household. Not only am I telling on somebody, which has its own like serotonin dump, <laughs> but I'm also... Like, there's a secret race going on all the time, which who's the worst kid? And I'm going to pick makes... my moment. I'm not going to tell him when he first comes in the door. I'm going to let him yeah. get settled. I'm going to yeah. let him, you know, like, take his shoes off. I'm going to sidle up next to him and be like, hey, I feel like there's <laughs> something you should know. Like, there's no I... way on earth. I wonder if I could talk to you for a moment, Dad. <laughs> I'm concerned I'm about worried. Arnold. <laughs> yeah, see? Meanwhile, oh, inside, so you're natural. jumping up and down. You're like, like yeah. I can't wait to see the not mad, just disappointed face he's going to give. Parental love is a zero-sum game, guys. <laughs> there is not enough uh, for everyone. Nope. <laughs> Shove your siblings under a bus. <laughs> the same so, bus that Arnold just threw Dudley's dad under. Lord. <laughs> it was like... So, uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Drummond comes home and in a prescient move, uh, well, first of all, Arnold won't hug him because he's like, oh, my, my wine breath. Sure. Right, he shakes his hand. Shakes his hand and, and Mr. Drummond says, well, maybe we'll have cigars and brandies and brandy in the study. And I'm like, that's that's spot on. That's just a, that's a joke, sure, but your kid's really drunk. Exactly, <laughs> so exactly. Maybe this, maybe should have picked a different joke. Um, we don't, and we don't stay at the apartment long where it's safe. We almost immediately go back to the bike shop. Yeah. Uh, the boys apologize to Curly the next day for leaving without saying goodbye. And he says, no problem. Yeah. Your dad came in, but he doesn't even suspect you were here. And Arnold's conscience is starting to get the better of him. And sure. he's like, I don't like keeping things from my dad. Um, and Curly counters that they're just trying to keep him out of trouble for giving him all these treats out of school. Um, yeah. And Arnold's like, no, I don't like this. I think I'm going to leave. And Carly says, well, I got an armload of cartoons for you to watch this afternoon, which is so quaint. The idea that like cartoons would exist in a physical format that you could have an armload of as opposed to just digitally streaming 
in, sure. the, in the ether. Um, and just Arnold, turning on the Disney Channel, for God's sake. Right. Arnold still isn't convinced that they should stay until Curly mentions that he's also got a Boston cream pie in the back. This is when I realized that in my life, and you know, maybe it's just my lack of privilege, but I've never had a Boston cream pie that didn't have the word donut right after it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that you could just go out and buy a Boston cream pie. <laughs> but oh. now I do know that. Uh, so they go into the apartment. This is my... God, every, just thinking about this, the, the cartoon things. Oh, first of all, this is the first uh, time I noticed this. Uh, Mr. Horton's like, I got my pictures back. Which oh, means yeah. that Mr. Horton took them to a, to a photo one development... Hour. Yup. Yep. Which I believe you're supposed to if you're developing photos and there are naked as children on there, you should maybe give somebody a call. I think just, you have to now. I don't know I that you so. had to in 1983, but I think that that is <sighs> true. That if What a gross I, thing. I it mean, just made me, not that anyone's developing this. their pictures of Walmart anymore, but no. I think that but there still. is a thing where if you see something, you have to say something. I would assume so, yeah. It's just, it, it just, it's such a subtle thing where it's like, I got my pictures back and it's like, oh. There's a whole process there. Yeah. Gross. So then he shows them Murphy the mouse. Uh, Yeah. He gives them pie. He puts them on the couch. He pops in a VHS tape, sits down on the floor next to them once again on their level. And he pops in a cartoon and he's like, I bet you guys have never seen Murphy the mouse. And they're having fun at first. It's like, oh, a cute cartoon about a mouse. And then it quickly becomes what Arnold calls an X-rated cartoon. He says, this is dirty. And Dudley's like, yeah, I know. He's kind of into it. And yeah. and then Mr. Horton says, Arnold, it's not dirty. It's adult. And we're all adults. And again, he's trying to turn them into his peers. It's not just a trick on them. This is something I know from my research. It's a trick pedophiles play on themselves to try to convince themselves that these relationships are consensual. Oh. So, Interesting. So it is not... And disgusting. So yeah, yeah. But it's not just works. like, oh, I'm trying to win the child's... This is like a world I'm constructing for us to live in where we're equals. And sure. it's as much for me as it is for the child. Um, Dudley doesn't want to leave. He says he wants to see what happens with the mouse. And Mr. Horton tells Arnold, if he wants to go, he should. And Arnold's like, yeah, I'm taking my pie with me. And he yeah, just leaves that's... poor Dudley there. Yeah, which is problematic. It's And also, guess what? The audience is back on board with all of this. They are laughing at these children enjoying a... Pro- enjoying, sorry. These children watching and being confused by a pornographic cartoon. The audience is eating this up like so many Boston cream pie on non-donut variety. Yeah, so Arnold's like, that mouse just lost his shorts and he's not wearing any underpants. Which is basically Arnold going, I'm looking at a mouse dick. Yeah. And the audience is crying laughing they are it's... eating it and i'm just like no guys no guys guys you have to be responsible now this is part two <laughs> there's no we are older and wiser now there's no you way you don't not. know what's happening we can't give you the benefit of the doubt anymore um but this is what as... i wanted to talk about this sort of oh, like dear. dudley not leaving and dudley wanting to see the cartoon etc because i was mm. like i just don't know enough about this to know what exactly I'm watching here or if it's accurate. So, oh, so you want to know about cartoon pornography and you're like, I'll ask Andy about it. No. So anyway, Ralph Bakshi. No. Actually the pro- no. Oh, what's up? No. If you look I'm back gonna at go early ahead and Tijuana Bibles is what they're to, called. What's up? Uh, Oprah.com, Six Stages of Sexual Grooming. You get a bunch of Walt Disney animators who are disgruntled, see, and <laughs> yeah. they would. What's that? No, I'm just going to let you dig this hole. <laughs> That's Keep all going. I All I have is the first parts of sentences that right. sound like they may lead somewhere. You're asking me to cut you off. So yep. the stage stage five of the six stages of sexual grooming, we did stage one through four in the first half of this. Stage five is sexualizing the relationship. So according to this article on Oprah.com, it says, at this point, you've targeted the victim, you've gained his trust, fill, you've fulfilled a need in his life, you've isolated the child, and now you, sorry, I shouldn't say you, now the predator, it's time to sexualize the relationship. So at this, this stage of sufficient emotional dependence and trust, the offender progressively sexualizes relationship. A desensitization occurs through talking, pictures, creating situations like going swimming in which both the offender and the victim are naked. At this point, the adult exploits the child's natural curiosity using feelings of stimulation to advance the sexuality of the relationship. 
Um, when grooming, the sex offender has the opportunity to shape the child's sexual preferences and can manipulate what a child finds exciting and extend the relationship in this way. So this is, I mean, it's not a textbook. It's an article on Oprah.com, but this is textbook. He's done all of these things, taking pictures, talking about going sw swimming. He says the next thing they're going to do is play Neptune in the bathtub and he is preying on Dudley's natural curiosity about sex and about sexual sure. situations and right. shaping that in the way that he wants it to go and being like you, um, a healthy red blooded 11 year old boy that is curious about sex. It's perfectly natural to watch a pornographic cartoon with a grown man that you barely yeah. know in his apartment alone. This is also natural. Your curiosity is natural. And then this, what we're doing now is also natural. Um, so I just was a little bit heartened is the wrong word. Hardened is not the right word, but it did no. make me go, oh, okay. They've done some research. This is, this yeah, is best, uh, an accurate and responsible representation. Responsible is the word I was thinking of. That's the best you can feel about this episode is like, wow, that was a responsible move, uh, as opposed to the jokes. Right. Uh, all right, here is this sweaty scene where I'm sure there's one person who's like the main shtick writer in the room is like, I just, I got to put this a family comedy. I have to, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know. They talk at the same time. And it's Kimberly and Willis just say, somebody knocks on the door and they don't want to answer the door. So they both say, you should answer the door at the same time. I... Chelsea, we both uh, were, were uh, different stages of our careers, but could you imagine writing ever being this easy? No, I will say, though, that Dad Philip has to get up to answer the door because neither one of the teenagers who are sitting right next to it will get up and do it. Mm -hmm. And then when he gets up, he says, nobody uh, move. I'll get it. I'm not doing anything important. Just revising my will, just cutting you both out of it. And I was I like, that. oh, I think I'm going to use that at some point down the line if my kids... Sure. You, if I have oh, kids, oh, that's nice that you're you're stacking up some some grumpy shit to say to your kids yeah, already. Exactly. Congratulations. If no one wants to do the dishes, I'm like, I'll do it. I'm not doing anything important. Just revising my will. Just cutting you both out of it. Boy, you know, I read about this Baron Munchausen syndrome thing, and it seems like a pretty good deal. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. So, oh man, is there a very very special episode about Munchausen's by proxy? I'm sure that there is. Oh. No, I'm sad. There's a new series about it, right? Or there's a new movie with a, uh, oh, what's her name in it? I mean, there's uh, the, it's called, the Act with Patricia Arquette. Well, The Act, which is good. Um, no, it's called Run or something like that. Oh. It's got... Uh, played, I saw billboards for that. She played Marsha Clark in the... Um, Sarah Paulson? Season, yeah, Sarah Paulson. Yeah, she plays a, a mother. I did the intimation of the... Um, intimation? What they suggest through the trailer is that it is a uh, Munchausen by proxy situation. Fascinating. It is. So, so here is, uh, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. This is where we need to talk about how I first got incensed uh, with this episode. Um, so when I revisited this for the first time after, I, I'm sure I saw this as a kid, I saw it in syndication. And when it's in syndication, I mean, most shows will just keep two-parters as two-parters. You know, and whatever, whatever happens, happens. This, their tactic was, let's make one episode of television. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. And then oh, they wait, cut wait, it wait. to smithereens. Oh, oh, no. No, it's even worse than that. So what we're about to see is Dudley's dad comes over and he's confused because his kid is drinking wine and stuff like that. The way that they do the first, and then and then the father, they call down Arnold to see what's going on, and Arnold explains the story right then. The way they do this in the combined episode is they start it here with this Kimberly and Willis shtick, and the father coming in and saying, hey, please stop giving my kid wine, right? And then they call Arnold down, and when Arnold comes down and says... Well, first we did this. They do a flashback. flashback. Oh, no. No, so the only, if there is anything good to say about this episode, it's that they take their time and they are methodical about showing the grooming process. It's even worse than that, though, because it seems like they're, what the, the episode makes it 
feel like, because this is the way they've reformatted the episode, is uh, Dudley's dad comes over because he's worried about Dudley. Arnold has just come back from this place where Dudley is, you know, watch the cartoons. And he's sitting there telling them the entire story. While Dudley's still over Dud- there. While Dudley is in danger. And then at the end, they're like, we should go. It oh, just, it no. It seems so irresponsible. No. It's like, because then they cut, it's, it all takes place in like, you know, 30 seconds of this second episode. But like everybody's, you know, well, what happened next, Arnold? Well, and then like a 10 minute scene and then they come back and they're like, hmm. No, no. What happened next, Arnold? And it's just like, stop listening to this kid. <laughs> Go and do something. So that's the impression that I had of this episode for the longest time was it was so poorly structured that it was like, man, our kid seems like he's in trouble. But how much trouble? Tell us about it, Arnold. Oh, oh, that yeah. makes me so sad because... Yeah. Right now, what happens is Arnold gets home and he's home for five minutes before. Yeah, exactly. They, and, tell, and conveys the whole thing in like a minute and they immediately act. Yes. But so, it just seems so irresponsible and stupid when they're like, huh, what yeah. happened after you saw the sexy cartoon, Arnold? Right. So what happens is in this episode, uh, thankfully, Dudley's dad is at the door. That's the whole shtick about who's going to get the door leads to right. Dudley's dad. Um, and he says, uh, please stop giving my kid wine. And the whole story comes out via the teens, Willis and Kimberly, who are like, oh, um, Arnold told us you gave him wine. And yeah. both of the dads are like, we would never give 11-year-olds wine. And then they Everybody's weirdly calm about well, the subject, they jump by the way. to it and they think, oh, the boys must be experimenting with alcohol. Sure. No, which that, yeah, that's, she is a that. fine conclusion to draw, that they lied about it for each other, that they found some wine somewhere or so- yeah. something. And so then Arnold comes home, he walks into this situation and immediately knows that something is up. Mr. Mm. Ramsey leaves, which... As a plot point, I don't understand because it, it would make so much more a, sense if he stayed for five more minutes and they all went together, but whatever. Here's what I think. I think that if you have him stay for the next five minutes and they all go together, then you've got to have like a furious father scene. Like if he goes with them to the bike shop to confront Mr. Horton, then then I don't think you can get away with that without being like, this guy's probably going to be upset. Oh, so I guess they the idea is that Horton's Horton gone first. by the time he yeah. gets there. Okay. Exactly that. They're like, we need to call Dudley's dad. And Horton's already out of the right. out of the so Arnold apartment. Arnold knows something is up. Mr. Ramsey leaves, and this is what I'm calling the approach to the inmost cave, which <laughs> is hilarious to me because in syndication that would mean that the entire episode happens is the approach to the inmost cave. <laughs> it's, it's very jarring. So I don't suggest ever watching it like that. And can we for this last episode? Can we change it to the innermost? bicycle shop apartment <laughs> yes the the innermost <laughs> little bike shop of horrors so mm. we're approaching the inmost cave dad philip sits dudley down on the couch and demands to know the whole story he starts with where did you get the wine which sounds like a great place to start and arnold gives mr horton up immediately he's like mr horton gave, <laughs> he's like, I'm, he gave us pizza and wine and ice cream and showed us naked photos and kinky cartoons and the studio audience is rolling in the yeah about this they're like this oh is... kinky cartoons well can you imagine a kid watching that it'd fuck him up for life oh my god dad ah. philip at least has a good reaction he looks so concerned immediately that arnold says if something's wrong we should go get dudley he's still over there um yeah. he takes that off dad philip's look and everyone springs in action dad philip and willis are like we're going down willis is like i'm coming with you but then he doesn't go so why no. would we keep that line but dad and, philip is like we have to call the police and yeah, we'll leave a exactly message for that. dudley's father yeah so i actually don't know I mean, what you best could practices just are but run out in the hallway and grab dudley's father but hey you know you know best <laughs> yeah we'll leave a message you're the, for him you're the rich guy here it's he'll fine. get we'll all the way you. home and then have to go all the way back to the bike shop. He's going to be very upset in half an hour when he hears about this. <laughs> right. So now we have the supreme ordeal. The climax, the big battle, the showdown with the shadow. We go back to the bike shop. Um, Horton is locking the front door just as Dad Philip shows up with two cops, two uh, detectives. They're all dressed identically. They all have on the same beige trench coat. Um, uh, Drummond's leading this investigation, <laughs> by the way, which made me very uncomfortable. I was like, you got to step back, Mr. Drummond. He's <laughs> like, I'm the uh, rich guy here. I'm in charge. <laughs> Excuse me. I pay all of I your salaries. I pay your salaries. Um, um, they... You see my stairway statues yet? <laughs> 
There's more than two. No room for bikes, though. Um, they <laughs> leave one cop with Horton. They, they barge in, and Horton's like, you can't come in here. And they're like, yes, we can. They leave one cop with Horton, and we don't see him again. And then He's gone. He's done. Dad yeah. Philip and the other detective head back into the apartment, and they find Dudley with his shirt off in the bathroom. And that should be jarring. That should be horrifying, except that we get a toilet flush joke thrown in here. Uh, to make sure we don't sit in a moment for too long without a terrible yeah, God forbid. Yeah, comedy, I don't want to feel, comedy bit. feel feelings if I can help right. it. It's he the says, 80s. There's too much cocaine for that. Exactly. Everyone can have cocaine. So he's he's got his shirt off and he tells the cops that he's been given a pill and he feels mm-hmm. goofy. So What's that? that he feels goofball. what? That's right. This city is lousy with goofballs. Lousy with goofballs. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad you picked up on that too. Yep. I was like, either that or red jackets. Like, did you get them from a blonde drugs. kid at your school? What? Um, oh man, there's the whole like the wire, uh, where, uh, the wire series waiting to happen between the child molester and the child drug oh, dealer. No. I think this is a few episodes before Nancy Reagan shows up at their school, though. So I, I think, think we don't right. we don't know about goofballs yet and their dangers. So. Um, his dad runs in at this point, Mr. Ramsey, and hugs him. And the men ask Dudley to tell them what happened, and he's a little hesitant. Um, but then his dad encourages him, and he's like, you know, or Mr. I think maybe Mr. Drummond says he's Detective Simpson's here to help. And mm. Dudley says, it was a lot of fun at first, but then Mr. Horton tried to touch me. And Mr. Yeah. Ramsey says, in order, all of the things you're supposed to say. Exactly. It's yeah. not your fault. I don't blame you. I'm not going to punish you. And I love you. Um, Just textbook. That's all. I mean, part of me was like, it's simple. It's concise. It's all the things you're supposed to say. It's better than the scene where the, you're right, where the dad punches out the pedophile like that. That's not helpful in this moment. What we need is for kids to hear, this is what your parent will say if this has happened to you. And for parents to hear, this is what you're supposed to say. Um, And this this actor does it very well. Like his his caring concern. I think that if you have him confronting Horton and then having to switch to, I don't blame you. I love you. It just doesn't. It just doesn't fly. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm making a lot of supposition about how they chose to do this episode. Uh, well, I will say, according to this other article that I read, written by mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Jackie Humans, and it's the same one I referenced in our Mr. Belvedere oh, child that's molestation. That's clearly an alien pretending to be a doctor. <laughs> she wrote that, um, first and foremost, keep your true feelings hidden and remain calm and collected. It's the most courageous and kindest thing that you can do for your child. And then she says, you know, to tell them you believe them, it's not their fault, praise them for sharing and report to the authorities. But she does say that you have to stay calm and collected, which he does. Well, any amount of anger or any amount of disappointment or disgust is going to be like immediately imprinted. The child's going to imprint that on themselves. Exactly. And be like, I caused this. Yeah. You you look at me differently now, that sort of thing. I mean, these are all, I'm really flashing back to a lot of the stranger danger stuff. I learned about in the the mid eighties or so. And this was a big thing. Like yeah. the don't, don't, it was a, it was an important point to make that your parents won't punish you for, you know, somebody else doing something. Exactly. And that even if no matter what they say, no matter, even if the predator says you're going to get in trouble, you'll get us both in trouble. Your parents are going to blame you. Like that's none of that's true. So um, now we have a whole act three because this is a very special episode and we can't just leave it at, you know, crisis averted. We have to sit down and talk about best practices going forward. I'm glad they do in this instance, though, because they go over like a few things that are very important, like Mm -hmm. both in a legal sense and in a social sense. Yeah. Some things I never would have thought about, honestly, in terms of the legal parts of it. So this is, I'm calling this the return with the elixir, heal the community stage. Um, Detective Simpson is sitting down with the Drummond family. Um, We assume from something he says later that he's already been at Dudley's house. That would seem to be the priority, but yeah. he's already he's already done this that. This feels like a real wrap up the whole thing <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and now he he's there at uh, the Drummond house and he, with the whole fam, and he says Dudley's going to be fine because he has parents who are loving and understanding. And then he says some parents actually blame the children for what happened. And I was like, mm, this is um. This is a phrase that I feel the tension between we within the we want families to watch this together because 
I would not say that in front of a kid. I wouldn't even raise the possibility that some parents would blame their children. But I think that that's for the parents to hear, to be like, don't say something that's going to make your kid think you're one of the parents that blames kids. Yeah. Um, but I was like, man, I would not, I would have just left that out. Like I wouldn't even have brought up the possibility that that (sighs) might happen. Yeah. They're just driving home the point here. Again, these are points they could have made if they weren't, you know, uh, that they could have made in more subtle ways if they hadn't spent the entire 40 some odd minutes, you know, really tracking a a horrible predator behavior, which again is important, but it's, it's like, I, I appreciate this parlor scene of who's guilty and who's not yeah yes um wallace says what's going to happen to mr horton is this what you want to talk about too no good just that detective simpson is like well we have a strong case against him because we were able to surprise him and if 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 dad philip had gone over there alone then he would have destroyed all the pictures but since we surprised him we were able to find some very incriminating pictures and i was like but did you have a warrant? Yeah, it's a little weird. Like, I that, don't really uh, understand the I don't know how that works. I mean, if there's a kid in your apartment and I know about it and some other kid is like, there's bad stuff, I think you have the right to at least you know, check on the welfare of the, the child. I, I don't know. I understand uh, getting a warrant and things like that. It just felt like if there's a shirtless kid playing Poseidon, maybe... Yeah, but I also wonder because (laughs) I also wonder because the advice that the cop gives is like, if you suspect something like this, call the police. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like that's going to involve a lot of false reporting, though, of not that I'm on the side of any pedophiles getting away with anything, obviously. But I feel like that's going to be a lot of like my kid's piano teacher gave him a cookie and I've you know, now I'm super worried. So you should go arrest the piano. And it's just sort of like. Well, we're doing this in such a, not a primitive way, but they're, they're explaining this point by point. And I think that the intention starting out was let's pretend nobody's ever heard of this problem ever. Mm-hmm. Let's start with everybody is as ignorant as possible. So I think that it lends itself to something like this at the end where it's like, yeah. you know, if your kid says this, let the police investigate. Don't just go down there. That also saves a lot of like, you gave my kid a cookie and now I'm come here to stab you. Yeah, I guess it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. I just feel like I bump up against in 2020 the whole call the cops first, ask questions later. Oh, um, I understand you that know, completely. Uh, it's yeah. order of operations. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't really know what best practices are either. here, but they say that it's good that he took a cop with him when he went. And then something happens, which is the moment where I feel like the most um, positive about this episode. The I whole... think this is the same one where like even, even every time I rewatch this, I'm like, this is such an amazing addition to throw in here. Yeah. Cause Willis, they didn't need to. They didn't at all. But I, it feels like there was like a writer in the writer's room who's like, Hey, if we're clearing up misconceptions, can we yes. do this one? Yes. And like, probably just that person like fought for that. The entire production schedule was like, mm-hmm. can you just have somebody say this? Yeah. So Willis says, you know, wow, I didn't know that about Mr. Horton, that he was, you know, gay. And the cop's like, that's not a thing. And it's like, uh, that doesn't mean anything. They are attracted to children. It doesn't have anything to do with homosexuality. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like, amazing. Whoa. And I feel I like this is a thing that people still think 38 years yeah. later, it's almost 39 years later. Every time that you hear any sort of uh, uh, gay rights uh, even trans rights, any 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 uh, uh, LGBTQA plus rights, you always hear well like, well, but they'll try to go after kids. It's the it's the longest running bunch of bullshit. Yeah, that I've ever heard. And also on on uh, paired with that gay guy is gonna try to try to get me and try to make me gay. No, Lindsey Graham, they're not. <laughs> no, you're Lindsey inviting Graham. them to your house allegedly. And that's why they're coming. <laughs> You're paying them for sex. That's why. Did you see this? Cheap. The Lady G you... thing? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I loved it so much. Part of me. Let's go down this rabbit hole. Anyway, we got time. Non-disclosure agreements. I feel like violating an NDA is a civil matter, not a criminal matter, right? So if I, yeah, if, sure. if I made you sign an NDA and then you violated it, that would be me versus you in court, not you versus the state, right? So, I believe so, depending on how it's worded. But yeah, right? you'd probably just get sued. So I feel like the whole Lady G thing is just, we just need to set up a GoFundMe 
and collect enough money for one of the sex workers that can confirm that Lindsey Graham pay is gay the, to pay off their legal debt that's so good. for breaking the NDA. That's, I wow. mean, why can't we just crowdfund this? I feel why like- Why are we doing that with everything? Why don't we, we could find out all of Hollywood's secrets next week. Well, yeah, just we'll to- just go fund me it. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry, you Tom Cruise's housekeeper? <laughs> How much, How much you do you want? need? How, How much, much money? do you need? Let's wait till he sues you, and whatever that amount is, we'll go for it. Well, go fund me it. Yeah, we'll anyway. Go fund me it. Tangential. I'm sorry, yeah, but that's... Yeah, anyway, so so. I think it is incredible that they take the time to say pedophilia is not a sexual orientation. It has nothing to do with sexual orientation. Um, And child molesters specifically are attracted to children, not, you know, it's not about men and men or women and women. Um, And they make it pretty clear, which is great. And then everyone accepts that and no one pushes back on that and they move on. How about it? That's That's another wonder where they're like, well, like they didn't even have like the person who's like, yeah, but sometimes, right, officer? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah sometimes, of course. No, no. They didn't have that, which is usually the way they like cover their asses when they're doing anything controversial at all, like, you know, humanizing yeah. uh, a specific sexual orientation. Uh, and yeah. then Arnold is like, Arnold, Arnold, who's been making very, very uh, far behind his years jokes this entire time, says, should I be here for this? Am I supposed to be <laughs> listening to this? And Dad Phillips says Arnold to Arnold, if more kids knew these facts, less of these things would happen. Um, yeah. Which, regarding the grammatical, uh, disregarding the grammatical error, should be fewer. Um, is a good point. Like he's shielding, made out of, he's shielding made out of kids cobwebs. From, he's doing the best of the can. Shielding kids from things, shielding kids from facts is, mm-hmm. is, um, a lose, a guaranteed losing proposition. And if there, if there were a thesis for our 101 episodes of this podcast, it's probably mm-hmm. shielding kids from facts doesn't keep them safe. Um, go. and I, I just like that dad Philip ends on, we were ending this whole thing on the note of dad Philip telling Arnold, if more if more kids knew these facts, then fewer of these things would happen. I also feel like that's that might as well be directly addressed to the audience who's, you know, currently surrounded by their traumatized children. <laughs> exactly. Wondering what the world's all about. And then Drummond's like, no, they need to know this. And parents are like, I guess we can't Yeah, I guess, I guess we can't keep them sheltered forever. So Cobb detective makes a good point. <laughs> so Detective Simpson leaves and Arnold is looking bummed and Dad Phillips says, Do you want to talk about anything? And Arnold says, Well, you're looking at one disillusioned dude. Can I trust <laughs> anyone ever? And Dad Phillips says, Yeah, you can trust most people, but and then lists the warning signs. If yeah. anyone wants to do anything wrong or tells you to lie to your parents, then you can't trust them no matter how good the reason is that they give you. And Wallace also says to watch out for people who ply you with gifts. Um, and dad, Philip brings it home with, especially if they want to touch you where you don't want to be touched. Right. But Andy, can we just leave it there? Could we just leave it there? I think they should do a high five and a freeze frame on that. And then some eighties rock song comes in. Is that what you mean? That's all. Uh, no, no, no. We need to shoehorn in one more joke because we can't leave it on a bit of information. So, of course, Arnold has to ask if he still gets a bike for his birthday. Oh, and, of and the audience laughs and laughs. And Dad Philip confirms and says, "And I'll give you a radio." Um, mm. And then he says, "Everything's he's proud of back Arnold. to normal." Right. We did it. And Arnold says, "Some hugs and kisses are still okay." Yeah. You see this? I don't know. Did this happen in your episode? So that's how they end the episode: is some hugs and kisses are okay. And he goes over and hugs his dad, and uh, uh, cobweb. Um, that soup full of cobwebs. It's just a funny image to me. <laughs> uh, and then they freeze it just as Arnold is clearly about to turn his head and kiss his father on the cheek. Like they're like, ah, I don't do this. No. Like if you look at it, 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 he ends up in a weird. Sorry, this is a cheek visual thing. Cheek. He's they're cheek to cheek hugging, and then when it actually freezes, Arnold's going, <laughs> like pointing his lips towards his dad, and it's like you should have just. I missed that. that. Before that or after that. That's where you want to end that freeze frame. That's where you want to freeze the thing that I'm going to be looking at for right. thirty seconds, while Alan Thick tells me about you know the world moving. Uh, yeah, it's it's a weird little moment where it it just like so many things in this episode. I wonder why did they decide to do that? Is it like kissing and it, would it, would that have been weird? Did they just they were like, yeah, it's too much. Yeah, maybe. 
Because it's like, I don't know. That's supposed to be his dad, but it is two actors. I don't know. I don't You can't tell anymore. Uh, And um, you can't tell anymore. What does that mean? (laughs) Uh, You just don't know anymore who's an actor and who's a... Who's kissing? Yeah, well, going back to uh, the AV Club Roundtable article that I mentioned in episode one, um, mm-hmm. to quote, the, go- the current golden age of television would be perfectly happy to let a figure like Mr. Horton represent unknowing chaos in an increasingly dysfunctional age, but very special episodes insist that there are no unsolvable problems, only things we just haven't spoken enough about yet. So that's why we have to end with a s- small lecture from a sure. detective. Um, but yeah. it is it is a lot of, I mean, it's, it's information that is deployed like a slideshow presentation, but it mm-hmm. is important. And I think if you are a parent who's watching this and being like, fuck, how do I start this conversation with my kids? Having the list of facts as a jumping off point is probably good. Um, and then I think that if you, I don't know, I just think it's, it's not artfully handled, but it's probably responsibly handled to end the That's, episode in again, this way. I think that's the best you can get out of this episode is at least they were being mostly like the majority of this episode is a responsible look at a subject. It's just misguided at other points, which is very, you know, it's, it's jarring Yeah. when those, when those inappropriate times come up, you're like, Oh, that's not great. And again, repeat viewing makes the whole experience absolutely miserable where you're like, well, why did, why is, okay, well, he shouldn't, He's just too good of a guy and everybody loves him so much, including the audience, up until, you know, he's carted away by the cops. I feel like that's the that's a selling point of the episode, though. I think so, too. But I'm like, saying on, like, watching it again, you're just even more skeezed out. Yeah, of than course. You were. But I think that that's that's what makes it effective is like the I never in a hundred years would have thought. So everybody's not idiots. It's not like why you let your kid yeah. go and to that's the bike really shop important. with that gross, terrible man. Exactly. Um There's are these kids idiots? This. Obviously he's dangerous. It's like no, he's very methodical. He moves slowly, you know. Um And I mean from my point of view, it's hard right now to look at an episode like this or even ever think about this and think of the you know, the elaborate routine of of child grooming like i can't quite get that into my head that somebody's like all right i have to do all these things so that i can molest this kid like i have this and that these these tactics this tactic these things i can barely wrap my mind around that right now as a thing that a person would do so walking people through it slowly in in the early 80s is probably the best idea possible truly and i don't think I think it's interesting because I think that like if I can make something terrifying and terrible sound somewhat cerebral and academic for a moment. Can't wait. I don't think any child molester sits down and makes a list and is like, all right, no. here are the steps. But I think that it's like you arrive at it through trial and error, through spooking yeah, so. kids, through parents getting suspicious. You figure out the way that it yeah. attracts the least attention and gets you where you need to go without blowing it. And then it's just kind of fascinating that so many, that there are enough people that through their own trial and error have arrived at the same method. Exactly. That, that researchers that, that can is. be like, here are are the here is the list of steps yeah, yeah. again I, I think it's the it's it's basically the same thing yeah not like a, a a specific compact list but the i don't know just the will to develop a system like that whether through trial and error or through whatever means is you know it's just not the first thing you think about people it's it's yeah. a problem that i can understand why you know, before it before it became uh, uh, something that was prominently talked about was kind of a horrible mystery and a secret. Because also, like, are yeah. you now going to go tell your the other parents at school that this happened to your kid? No, you're going to keep that a secret to yourself too. So it's sort of sure. like probably Mr. Horton goes to jail and his bike shop gets shut down, but it's not like awareness has been raised about this issue, um, even though according to that same article by, um, Dr. Humans, um, the center for disease control and prevention reported in 2005 that one in six boys and one in four girls are sexually assaulted before the age of 18 and 71% of the time the abuser knows the victim 71% of the time. 
this this is a this is uh, just anecdotally speaking, but also from some research, the the trust given to family, friends, and relatives is bonkers to me. Mm-hmm. It it just I um here's a here's a, a story. A friend of mine from a job I had in Chicago told me that the first uh, Thanksgiving he and his wife went to, um, they were talking about eccentric family members, and so this is his wife uh, surrounded by this guy's family. So they've never talked to her about these sorts of things. And she tells them about this amazing family friend that they had who always came over at special events and always came over birthday parties. And his name was Uncle Pockets. And his name was Uncle Pockets because he would wear these really baggy pants and fill the pockets with candy and pennies. And whenever he came into the parties, he would have all the children reach into his pockets and grab as much candy and pennies as they wanted. And then they had to spend the rest of the Thanksgiving dinner telling her why that wasn't okay. Yeah. It just been accepted because it's like what an eccentric character. It's the 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 ability to talk yourself out of suspicion is a really troubling human trait, as yeah. Maxim has told us so often. Yeah, yes, and also the idea that like if you don't have sexual feelings and you don't mentally sexualize children, then it does not immediately occur to you that that's what this person is doing. Yeah. That, that this is a, se- this, is that this is a sexual experience for them that involves a child because you're thinking to yourself, well, that's cute. The kids are having fun, you know, like, yeah, it's nice to see somebody get along with children so well. And, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I understand that point of view. It's not bad to be trusting. It's just, you know, maybe it shouldn't be, entirely dependent on different strokes to keep our children safe. Yeah. So, um, in the last few minutes of our 101st episode of hugging and learning, I will ask you these questions, Andy. Yes, please. Who did you want to hug and what did you Uh, learn? Okay. It's a tie between who did I want to hug? Um, I think I wanted to hug, uh, Dudley's father who comes over like hat in hand to ask Mr. Drummond not to, make his kid drink wine anymore. He's just like, he seems like a really solid guy as a character and it's, he's not used very much, but it's just kind of like, maybe, maybe you could insist a little bit. Maybe you don't have to be like, excuse me, if you don't mind, could you please not pour wine down my kid's throat anymore? (laughs) Please. Uh, And then the, the, it's a tie between hugging that guy and hugging uh, Gordon Jump. The man who played uh, Mr. Horton, because, good lord, he's what so good at it. Fucking, and yeah. What and a thankless being, part, though. But like, ugh. does anyone ever cast you again as a nice guy after this? Is the question? I did. I looked it up. He he did have a successful career after this. He was on okay. WKRP in Cincinnati. He is in like Seinfeld. He was on Who's the Boss? You know, because he worked with this guy, uh, Blake Hunter. Um, but yes, thank. What a what a fucking risky thing to do and to do as well as he's done it. Yes. Like to be the best child predator ever portrayed on television with, you know, few exceptions. I, I think that, you know, I think that when you try to pick out the motivations in anybody writing this episode, and we've done that throughout, which is actors, you know, the, the normal actors sort of getting into their routine of, of, jokery as the AV club points out and the writers shoehorning in jokes and the laugh track and everything like that. I think that somebody doing such a good job in this episode is maybe the most responsible thing possible. Like I, I'm, I might've just been another job for this dude. He might've been like, this is going to really raise my profile. It also might've been like, this is really important and I need to be Yeah, It kind of feels like the latter, doesn't it? I mean, it it does too. That's my instinct says that, you know, you want to, do this as well as you can so that you get a point across. That's very important Um, to, you know, just, I, and to be fair, like every time I see this actor now, this is all I think of. Yeah. It's all I think about is, you know, I, I, he pops up in, in random shows from time to time. Like, Oh, fucking Mr. Horton. Um, but you know, if he had, if he had done any less good of a job, then this episode wouldn't be successful at all. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, well, I'll ask you first, who do you want to hug? 
For me, it's I want to hug both Arnold and Dudley because I sure. feel like obviously Dudley needs a hug and luckily mm-hmm. he gets one from his dad. Um, but also I feel like Arnold, now that he knows what ha- what would have ha- might have happened to yeah, Dudley and that, that he kid. left him there. Sure. I feel like Arnold is going, that he brought him there, first of all, brought him into the bicycle yes. shop to begin with, and then left him there with Mr. Horton when he knew something was wrong. Like, wrong, he didn't leave because he was like, well, I'm going to be late. He left because he was like, something is wrong yeah. here. Um, I feel like Arnold's going to need some therapy around his own feelings of, like, of guilt yeah. and survivor's guilt here. I don't know about you, but I, you know, uh, it didn't happen too frequently, but I would every now and then run into like a creepy adult who would do creepy shit. Uh, my favorite one was this, uh, there was an arcade down the street from where we lived in New Mexico and I was watching this dude play a video game and he would get the high score and then he'd put like a curse word in the high score and he'd be like, ask your parents what that means. Oh I like, God, I hate creeps like that. I know. But here's the thing. At the time I'm like, oh cool. I'm sure to ask my parents about that. Oh no. I, I, I didn't. Oh. I didn't. Luckily my brother was there and he's like, don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> but I will say like moments like that that are so, that happen so often in kids' life. I think that you need to be aware that when your maturity catches up to that instance, you're going to need to think it through. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be said about like, that moment, which I'm fine with, it was creepy, sure, but you know, there are moments like that where as soon as you figure out what the intention behind it was, you should encourage people to talk about how they feel about it now. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of retroactive feelings that you can you can have about an incident or unlock some feelings they didn't know you had at the time. Totally. Um uh, what did you what did what did did we learn? And in a way, it is beautiful that we're ending on this episode because I think I learned that a very special episode of television can be both horrifying and helpful. Yeah. Because the question that we always ask is, of you, would you show this to kids today? Like, I think I would. This with is like, me sitting there with the caveat sure. of like, they should not sure, be sure, laughing. Sure. Um, this is a very nuanced, methodical, two episode long expose on the grooming process that is expertly acted and Mm. and care obviously based on research and still managed to be manages to be horrifying and off-putting and and hit a bunch of wrong notes in terms of jokes and laugh track and all that exactly i i a hundred percent agree with you i think this is the pinnacle of misguided versus responsible like we've had plenty of misguided we've had plenty of responsible i think this is just the the perfect storm of well-intentioned um well-intentioned informative sitcoms uh yeah yeah i i can get along with that i i learned from this most recent watching that what i've often thought of is like the exasperating amount of time that they take with everything is as important as anything in this episode Showing the subtle shift from the, the showing the numerous subtle pervert pivots, as I call them, <laughs> uh, really shows you that it's like, yeah, you can see it's it's not like uh, uh, desperate lives where it's like, hey, I made some angel dust. Do you want to take some? I don't know. Yeah, you should. OK, I will. Judo chop. There's, <laughs> judo, judo, judo kick through the window. Yeah, it's myself. also like how many times have we talked about an episode where it's like they tried to do too much too fast and they only had X amount of time. And so they have flattened and taken the edges off the thing they were trying to talk about. And with different strokes, it was either because they felt like they had to take the time or they could take the time. They were like, no, this is a two barter. I think that, that yes, absolutely. And to sum up what I've learned about this episode and very special episodes of humorous television in general that doesn't really work. I mean, just to be fair, it just doesn't really work. I mean, you, it's just the wrong format to try to teach someone a very serious lesson. It is one thing to be like, hey, don't bully or, you know, maybe don't fat shame people. These sorts of things are things you can convey you know, kind of lightly, you know, with the, with the understanding that at least you're getting people to think about it. Maybe they'll come to conclusions. Yeah. But to try to warn somebody about any sort of, 
health risk or abuse risk or anything like that in 22 minutes while telling jokes with characters who are never serious about anything. Well, I think that's the rub, right? If if you have to meet your joke quota, then yeah. it those two things bump up against each other. If you were able to be like, and this is kind of where I feel like the Family Ties episode, which is maybe still our gold I keep standard. Thinking that. Yeah, I keep thinking of that. They one. put aside the need to make a bunch of jokes. Like yeah. after the a third of the way into that episode, no one is cracking wise anymore. The second anybody understands that there's a danger to one of the children in there from a, a different character, the audience shuts up. They yeah. do it themselves. They're like, oh. Yeah, so you have to be willing to let your show go in a totally different direction than it normally does. If you want to do it the best way you possibly can just Absolutely. tell the audience to shut up or turn off your laugh track and like, don't feel like your kid has to, your child star needs to end every, every scene with a precocious one liner or the middle or beginning or all the parts throughout. I right. mean, if you, if you look at your script and it's 90%, the 90% of the jokes are something that a pervert says to a child. I don't know. Just Maybe think about it. Give it another pass. Rewrite. Hey, man, there's nothing wrong with punching it up a little bit. But yeah. all that said, I, I mean, I feel like this one falls squarely in the middle, trending toward the effective side of the effective, not effective, very special episode. Yes. I will say that for the things that we look at, it is the most um, well-intentioned responsible but misguided for the format show this is this episode will always stand as like this is when the good intentions and bad format really crashed into each other yeah um, it's a great idea why for different strokes yeah maybe you should just i don't know maybe for a ABC different after- show Maybe get Hell Hunt to, you know, <laughs> right. to reprise this her role. This would be as, a bangerang episode of The Facts of Life. You, you know, know, like... For real. <laughs> ABC After School Special. Oh, come on. You call it The Bicycle Man, and then it's like, ooh, The Bicycle Man. Yeah. <laughs> Tootie finds a bike. <laughs> they have these bikes at the record store. There's so many of them. <laughs> Why do they have bikes at the record store? I don't know. They're next to the bongs. <laughs> you put what jelly beans in them. Oh, my God. Uh, we have heard so many stupid people have so many <laughs> stupid misunderstandings about how everything works ever. We have listened to people <laughs> stupid about drug prices and how to do drugs and what's that over there. Just everybody's so dumb. And we've been with them the whole way. Yeah. And with each other. And I just, my last thing that I want to say is I wish that it weren't COVID times, Andy, because I would give you a hug. I'd give you a hug as well. And I think that uh, what I've learned from this entire uh, podcast experience is too much to be summed up uh, even a little bit right now. But it's definitely been an amazing experience and I loved uh, going back over these things uh, with you. Yeah, same, buddy. Also, Miles was there. Yeah. Oh, Miles. Uh, jury's still out, bud. But <laughs> what uh, what podcast are you excited about that you would refer people to now? Oof, what a great question. Um, I've been listening to With Gorley and Rust, which is um, Matt Gorley and Paul Rust going back over uh, 80s horror movies yeah. and just sort of talking them through. I would absolutely do that. Uh, my favorite of all time is a is a podcast called We Hate Movies, and I think you should check that out. Um, I I am recently obsessed with the You're Wrong About podcast, in which oh. the hosts listen to. I've quoted them actually um, on one of our um, uh, after school specials. Uh, episodes because they go back over things that you think you sort of remember, like the Exxon Valdez oil spill or Anna Nicole Smith. And Mm. they, um, that things that might have been misrepresented in the media at the time or more stuff has come to light since then. Oh yeah. And they do deep dives. It's two journalists and, and I just love it. Um, I'm obsessed with that podcast, big, big into it. And also I recently got super into a podcast called, um, Chameleon, the Hollywood con queen, which is about this. I've heard tracking this con artist in real time to the, I got so excited the other day. I thought I found a clue that I tweeted at them and I was like, look what I found. And they were like, we don't think this is our guy, but thanks for playing basically. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so you that I would recommend those. Case. I know. I was like, I'm a super sleuth. Um, <laughs> so I would recommend those. Awesome. Fantastic. 
Um, folks, uh, what a long, strange trip is Je- it's been, <laughs> as a yearbook once said to me. Um, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening, and uh, we'll still be checking email and stuff like that, so feel free to drop a line anytime. Especially um, if you have snack recommendations, because we'll especially. still be snacking. Yo, you can't stop us from snacking. Nope. That will always be the the it's all we unaired. have now. I, I I have an ongoing unaired podcast called Oh, I'll have a snack. <laughs> uh, so once again, thank you very much, Miles, for all the work you've done here, Chelsea. This has been so much fun and such a delight. Um, and I guess uh, how do we how do we end this one? I guess we'll say uh, we'll see you around. See you around. Bye. Keep snacking. Keep snacking. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.